Hey everyone, before we jump into the full-fledged Chiefs-Steelers divisional round playoff preview, Chiefs. we want to set the table by saying thank you to Joel Thorman and Arrowhead Pride for their hospitality throughout this wonderful football season. The blog father is a great man, and we certainly appreciate the platform. We also want to thank each and every one of our faithful listeners tuning in every week. It's been a really amazing season, and you guys have been super generous. Uh, please feel free to continue to step on over to paypal.me slash ahpkc. Without further ado, let's talk some cheese. From the minds of Ryan Scott Hall and his darkness, and presented in part by Arrowhead Pride. Lamar Hunt, Arrowhead Stadium, tailgating, Marty Ball, and King Carl. Marcus Allen, Montana Magic, Mile High Miracles. Oh, baby, what a play. Derek Thomas and Neil Smith, Casey Wolf, Jason Whitlock, and Joe Piznanski. Dick Vermeil, Trent Green, Tony G, Priest Holmes, the greatest offensive line ever assembled, and even the no-punt game. Herm, then Haley and Pioli in the Patriot Way, 27-7, candy wrappers, Romeo, and airplanes. Be safe and be easy. Andy, Alex, DJ Specials, Puff Puff Pass Rush, Travis Kelsey, Jamal freaking Charles. We're Raider haters. We despise the donkeys, and red is always our Sunday best. If Home of the Chiefs gives you chills, you're in the right place. If this song means touchdown, you're in the right place. Whether you're in Kansas City, Bogota, London, Moscow, or Memphis, right now, it's football season. And buddy, you're listening to Amateur Hour. Welcome into Amateur Hour, folks. You've got the one and only Ryan Scott Hall and my best good man, his darkness. Sup? Dirk Dirk, what's good, buddy? Not much. <laughs> uh, I am in voice preservation mode. Voice preservation mode. There will be no shouting on today's podcast. All right. And I will be right. whispering intimately into your so- into your ears <laughs> for the next 60 minutes. <laughs> So we want to keep it low key. We're uh, drinking some some hot tea with some some lemon six and inch some voices. honey. Six inches. <laughs> nah, nah, none of that. And six inch voices—that's impossible. What a lie! You can't you can't speak, and it only travels six inches. It's impossible. Everybody well, knows that. Uh, all right. So, like, on a scale of one to eleven, how excited are you? Um, twelve. And you're you're twelve more excited than everybody else who's apparently turning their tickets into StubHub and shameless man oh man oh shameless. man shameless so sack up and go to the game, folks. I'm I'm really surprised. Uh, for those of you that have taken a look at what is now basically the secondary ticket market, <coughs> um, Dirk and I on Sunday 
basically like very close to the end of the Steelers game where like, all right, these Steelers fans are going to buy up the remaining seats. Like, let, let's just go. Let's go. Let's, let's buy them. And um, here we are. Those tickets started going like wildfire. I mean, oh. there was like three to 400 yeah. available at about halftime of Steelers-Dolphins. And by 20 minutes after it was over, they were all gone. All of them gone. And it's now 7.45 p.m. on Thursday. We're about 90 hours or so from kickoff. That's not right. Yeah, all right. All right. 24 to Friday, 48 to Saturday. We're, and so then? We're, so we're about, we're about <laughs> 60 hours. I was going to say, because I tweeted out earlier today, it's 72 hours. We better not be going backwards. Right. We so better not be. All right. Math's not my strong suit. That's all right. That's fine. I don't, that's all right. I'm no fact-checking on my part. Nobody's listening for our math takes. So <laughs> maybe mine, I guess. I, I have a lot of math takes. Yeah, that's right. When we do that deep dive, <laughs> get your calculators out, everybody. Uh, but so we're we're about, whatever, 60 hours or so from, from kickoff. Yeah. And... Uh, I guess people in Kansas City are scared of the weather. It's like it's like it's our first rodeo or something. I'm actually feeling kind of ashamed that when the temperature is supposed to be above freezing and the weather report just says you're going to get some sleet, everybody's like, mm, I don't want to go to the first home playoff game in six years. <laughs> yeah. mm, I don't know. Like, yep. Are you kidding me? I mean, it sucks. It's, is this a lack of excitement, or is this just like... A, no, I think it's an overreaction to the weather. Like these, I don't know if it's the weatherman's job to like put scare tactics onto the people, but like I see a lot of people in the day-to-day, and more than half of them today brought up the ice storm that was coming. And I was just like, guys, we've, we've seen ice before. We, we see ice every winter. Yeah. Get over it. It probably won't be as bad as they're talking about. And if it is, deal with it. Deal with it. And the thing, I I wonder if maybe people have just, uh, and I promise we'll move off the weather shortly. No, um, let's stay on it. <laughs> Sixty minutes. It's so hot right now. People love the weather. <laughs> um, I we will be driving the weather conversation tomorrow. I wonder if people are just like a little bit, like they have a bad taste in their mouth right now because I think everyone is a little upset at Missouri right now. When you upset look at, at the, the last. Oh, snow the, that we had. Gotcha. Like Missouri did zero street preparation. They always do zero street preparation. They were saving for, up for if you guys are paying attention. They were saving up. They were uh, doing your theory. Yeah, like the Chiefs weren't studying for the uh, for the Texans or the Raiders last week. They were looking ahead to the Steelers. Yeah, they weren't gonna they weren't gonna clear the streets for just any day. They're saving up for the Chiefs game on Sunday. So, I mean, I think the roads are going to be perfectly fine, and I really don't think the weather's going to be that bad. I mean, even if it is, like, sleeting the entire time, I honestly think it will be more comfortable than it was at the Raiders game on Thursday night when it was, like, 4 degrees. Yep. Um, give give me 30 over 4 every time. It sounds like it's going to be like the uh, Chiefs-Bills game from last year, which we both yeah. went to. Uh, it was, I mean, just above freezing. It was rainy. Uh, it was pretty miserable about, but... Fuck if I care. Football yeah. weather. Yeah. I Football was, weather. I had a good time. And you know, it's, you know what it's going to lead to? There's going to be tons of Steelers fans out there. There's going to be tons of them. Well, no matter what, the Unless broadcast they're... is going to think there's a lot of Steelers fans <laughs> out there because of the black coats out there. <laughs> look at all those. Look at all the people in no, black. No, Look at all those Steelers fans. No, they travel I... so well. They're such a well-traveling fan base. Surprised you didn't know that. No, the Raiders fans just still sitting there from, <laughs> from that night. Too, too cold for them. Right. <laughs> 
Too cold for the Raiders. I wish it would be too cold for the Steelers. I would like nothing more than to go out to Arrowhead Stadium, get stupid drunk, and yell, it's too cold for the Steelers, upwards of 120 times. That's not going to happen, though. It's not going to happen. It's... I mean, should we talk about, does the weather game favor the Steelers? That's one of my big questions. Um, uh, and the reason it would be, Pittsburgh is, I mean, it gets bad weather. They're used to it. It's not like Oakland coming in here. It's not like Derek Carr, who's never seen a, a cold day in his life. Uh, they're used to it, and they're a better running team. All right, so um, I'll address your your first point first, because I really want to dissect the second one. Okay. Uh, your Your first point. That I guess they've they've dealt with weather. I think that what a lot of Chiefs fans at home want us to say is <clears throat> the Chiefs have played games in weather this oh, year yeah. too. Like and they have like five or six games in the rain this year. Yeah, an insane amount. They've dealt with it and they've handled it well. Um, I mean, would you say that? I don't know if it's the the right question is 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 one team or the other like better equipped for it or like do you? I guess you said Pittsburgh because you think that they have a better running game, um, like. Is is either team like a bad weather team? Like, is that a do, bad weather? Yeah, I mean, I guess I, mean, I think both teams say, are. Yeah, I mean, I, I think are. I don't I don't think that the weather favors one team or the other. The way team. it would it would go to it would favor the Steelers is if it's so nasty out that passing is just like not an option. If both teams are looking at like a hundred passing yards for the day, and so it's just going to be all a running game, and then you'd have to give the edge to the Steelers. And I don't anticipate that being no, the case. I mean, you above freezing. You mentioned the last time that we were at a game, sort of like this was the Buffalo game, and exactly. it was honestly one of Alex's best games, and Tyrod was throwing the ball all over the place, too. Yeah, maybe Alex's best game of his career. I yeah. mean, we got down, I don't know, was it 17-0 or 13 nothing. We got down quite we were a down bit. down two scores At least two twice, scores. I think. Twice? Okay. Yeah. That sounds right. I mean, we were down, and, and it was Alex that led us back. And a, lot, a lot of Jeremy Mack. Yeah, yeah. Um, so your second point, um, let's... I'm going to try to frame the conversation this way, because uh, you, you almost jumped ahead of me a little bit. Sorry. Uh, but that's fine. I want to... I, I know that usually what happens, uh, let's say, like in the Kansas City Star, our local newspaper, um, almost every time that you get uh, like a preview, any kind of matchup column, they do like, when the Chiefs have the ball, when the Steelers have the ball, and mm-hmm. they try to pick out like who has the advantage. I love, um, those. love those as a kid. And, and I mean, I, I still like that, too. Uh, I wanted to maybe just, uh, like, look at it a little bit differently and just say, like, maybe who has the better offense and who has the better defense. Like, which of the units, like, let's just try to see who has the advantage. Not necessarily Chiefs offense versus Steelers defense. Okay. But of the offenses and so on and so Because you think the offenses play each other. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's an offensive game. I mean, <laughs> the NFL's changing. Hello. Do you think they'll delay um, the game? No, <laughs> I saw I saw somebody say like ask Mellinger that, and I love that he just he entertained it and, yeah. and was just like I've I, seen. I think it would take an act of God actually yeah, for, for them to change the kick. Lots time. of those questions I've been asked that. Like, really? do you think they'll they'll push back the game? Like, <laughs> I can't even answer this without without insulting you. No, I don't. <laughs> um, I mean, if you're Nick Jacobs, you'd just say check my timeline. <laughs> I've already addressed that. <laughs> Uh, all right, so I, I want to start with the offenses, and I guess uh, the first thing that I want to point out, because you said that Pittsburgh is the better running team, or has the better running game. Um, I was looking at numbers before we started today, and uh, I got some news for you, Dirk. 
Le'Veon Bell's good. Is that the news? Um. <laughs> yeah, Le'Veon Bell's good. <laughs> wow, you just happen to have a bell there. Right. Um, That's been sitting there for three months just waiting for that. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell is very good. They, very, uh, very good. They will tell you, the stat keepers of the world will point out that Le'Veon Bell averages over 100 rushing yards and 50 receiving yards a game, which I think is the first person in NFL history first to do that. First player ever. Uh, right. It's the second most uh, total yards per game uh, behind one Priest Holmes. I believe this is 2002 season. I've heard of him. Yeah. He's pretty good. Yeah, 2002, that year we had like the really good offense and the really, really bad defense. He mm-hmm. was at an all-time pace, and then he uh, hurt his hip at Denver in like the 14th game, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his, his yards per game that year was astronomical. I want to say it's 163 per game, but I don't have it in front of me. Well, uh, so here's, here's the thing that I want to try to point out um, about that running game. That uh, they're pretty highly touted, and I think that a lot of people are really scared. And and at least for like from listening to the radio this week and just kind of seeing the coverage uh, that like Therese is putting out, uh, Le'Veon Bell is the highlight. Le'Veon Bell is the person that people are most concerned about. That may speak to not having Derek Johnson or losing you know two starting defensive ends throughout the course of the season. Or what? I'm I'm not real sure if it is pointing specifically to the run defense, or if it's more about just Le'Veon Bell's prowess. I did I did uh, ask a, uh, I put up a poll last night. Uh, I love polls on Twitter, by the way. Twitter poll. In case you couldn't tell, one of, one of my favorite things. Okay. Uh, usually I aim to get like a 50-50 answer, but sometimes I just want to get the pulse of what people are feeling. Mm-hmm. I just put, who scares you more, Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell? Did you see this? I did not. Did you see, or what? What do you think is the percentage here? Le'Veon Bell versus Antonio Brown. Yeah. Um, Who scares you more? I know that the percentages don't add up to 100, but I want to just say 84 for Antonio Brown and 26 for Le'Veon Bell for 110% scared. Man, if you... (laughs) (laughs) That's good if you would have just reversed them. 85% Le'Veon Bell. All right, so I've got a little secret for everybody. Gotcha. I'm ready. The Kansas City Chiefs. Whom all season long we have complained about their ability to run the football. Whom not just us, but like, let's say, the highest rated sports radio show in Kansas City. Danny Parkins and Carrington Harrison. Rest in peace here shortly. Traders. Um, but, I mean, that's, that's what they've talked about all year. Like, the Chiefs, they don't have a dynamic runner. And Spencer Ware just doesn't look like the kind of player that we wanted him to be. And the Chiefs struggled to run the football. Pittsburgh, everyone's like, man, Le'Veon Bell, he's arguably the best back in the league, and they've got a great running game, and look at their offensive line and how patient he is. For the season, Pittsburgh averaged less than a yard more rushing per game than the Kansas City Chiefs. So um, that seems very strange, but it's the truth. Uh, Pittsburgh averaged exactly 110 yards rushing per game, according to NFL.com. And the Chiefs. No, I don't trust that site. Why would? You, why? Why not? Sounds like fake news. Sounds, sounds like fake news from the <laughs> NFL's flagship website. Um, I mean, I'm I'm just. I'm kind of shocked. I'm so shocked that I'm checking it. Not gonna lie. All right. I mean, please, please do. But I'm looking at it right now, and the Chiefs averaged 109.2 rushing yards per game, 15th in the league, 
And the Steelers averaged 110 rushing yards per game for 14th in the NFL. That's interesting. Uh, I'm looking at a different site, and it's got Pittsburgh a little bit higher. I'm guessing it's it's factored in the playoff game from last week. Okay, is my guess. So yeah, that is so kind of shocking. Yeah, kind of shocking. And and we, but the Chiefs are doing it in a less traditional sense. Absolutely. I mean, obviously Alex has more yards than Roethlisberger, even though he doesn't have nearly as many as last year. But they also have a lot more contributors too. Yeah, and Tyreek Hill is yeah. what's really yeah uh, given a boost to those Chiefs rushing numbers because he's you know every time he touches the ball it's a seventy yard touchdown. Right, and I mean, here's the thing, though. Um, Tyreek is, don't get me wrong, he's, he's done great. He's averaging 11 yards a carry. Um, you know, if we gave him the ball every time. That would add up pretty quick. Look at that. Uh, I mean, but here's the thing. Like, the Steelers, I know Bell missed the first couple games, um, and, and they gave uh, D'Angelo Williams a ton of carries, and he hasn't touched the ball a whole lot lately. I think that he's healthy. I don't see him listed on the injury report. Um, so I'm assuming that, like, if they really wanted to hand the ball off 50 times, that they'd be able to give D'Angelo Williams some carries, too. Yeah. Um, but if Le'Veon Bell is averaging, let's call it 100 yards rushing a game, maybe 105 or whatnot, the Steelers are averaging 110. Yeah. What what they when they run the ball, oh, it's they, Le'Veon Bell or it's nothing. And don't get me wrong, he's phenomenal. If you follow fantasy, but, I mean, they ride their guy. If yeah. D'Angelo Williams is in there, he's getting. I mean, he's in there ninety five percent of the time. Yeah, and he's getting the ball. If Le'Veon Bell's there, even though D'Angelo Williams is a perfectly quality backup, they ride Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the Chiefs, for the most part, um, I mean, I guess they kind of ride the hot hand. Um, but it does seem like, for the most part. It's Spencer Ware is the starter, and Sharkandrick West gets mixed in on third down. But before we get to that, I just want to play devil's argument or devil's advocate. Hey, um, on on your rushing stats, okay. Le'Veon Bell's last seven games: one forty-six, one twenty, one eighteen, two thirty-six, ninety-three, one twenty-two, one sixty-seven. Uh, he has over a thousand rushing yards in just the last seven games. Uh, he's running at five point three yards a carry. And then you throw in 38 yards receiving per game in that stretch. Well, so he's definitely been hotter lately, right? And I mean, you can see. Um, I mean, at, at least on like uh, like Pro Football Reference, the Steelers have games where against like at Philly when they lost the week before they beat us up. Yeah, uh, 29 rushing yards. They had 61 rushing yards against the Jets. They had 36 rushing yards at Baltimore coming off of a bye. Like, they've had some some pretty low games to where 110 might might look a little strange. Because yeah. this is their, you know, average yards per game cumulative throughout the season. Um, and they've got one, two, they have three games with less than 50 rushing yards on the day. Um, I, I think that, listen, I, I don't know if, I'm a homer. I actually I do know. I know that I am a homer. Um, I would say that Pittsburgh is more consistently good at running the football, but I think that the Chiefs have just as much ability to run the football. Um, I know that that's maybe splitting hairs a little bit, and it's not. I'm not saying they have as much talent because Le'Veon Bell is more talented than maybe all of the guys that the Chiefs have receiving handoffs. But um, I just, I think that the way that Andy Reid schemes up the offense, um, 
I, I think that the Chiefs can run the ball against Pittsburgh. I'm not afraid of them not being able to do that. Uh, I just I don't I don't know if they're going to be any less effective running the ball than Pittsburgh is personally. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm not I'm not afraid of not being able to run the ball. Uh, I think we'll have a very sound game plan, whether that's running or passing. I think it'll be a healthy mixture. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the fear comes in when you look at the Chiefs' rushing defense numbers against what Le'Veon Bell has done the last seven games. Like, I think I think it's absolutely possible that we're gonna we're gonna spend sixty minutes breaking down a whole bunch of factors of this game, but it could just be as simple as we can't stop Le'Veon Bell and he runs for 175 yards and that carries them to a victory. It could. Um, it, it could like be like that. He's good enough and our run defense is questionable enough that that might just be all it takes. Mm-hmm. And that sucks. I mean, that's that's scary. Well, um, and I, I mean, another thing to keep in mind, and listen, I'm, I don't want to just throw numbers at people because sometimes that's it's not easy to listen to. But... We do fear not only the talent of Le'Veon Bell, but potentially, let's just say, the lack of talent of the Chiefs' run defense. Um, but just keep in mind, like, Pittsburgh, it looks like their run defense on paper is pretty good. They, they're 13th in the league against the run, like right at 100 yards a game. And the Chiefs are 26th, so, I mean, that looks bad. The Chiefs are in the, the bottom five of the league. The Steelers are a defense it's, that... In fantasy, people say it's a funnel defense, which means they shut down the run, which forces the opposition to pass. Right. Like, teams want to pass against them because it's easier and they're better against the run. Well, the thing is, is that, you know, like the Chiefs, yardage-wise, we've known all season that the Chiefs are going to give up yards. And, I mean, we've even... I, I have even, like, suggested that maybe... The team isn't necessarily trying that hard to contain like what the other offense can do moving between the 20s. But it comes down to short yardage situations, and it comes down to short field situations once they get into the red zone. Yep. I mean, if the Chiefs are giving up 370 yards a game and the Steelers are giving up 345 yards a game, that's not much difference, but it's like 20 spots in the standings, and both they're giving up basically the same amount of points on defense. Like, honestly, if you look at the numbers, don't look at the rankings, just looking at the numbers, the Chiefs and the Steelers are very, very similar on both sides of the ball, really. Um, there's, There's not a whole lot of difference to them. And... You know in the NFL, like, they, we always talk about, maybe not we, but you'll just hear in the world that, <laughs> you'll hear in the world. In the world. Um, that, you know, football, like, the difference between winning and losing, Al Pacino's speech about that inch, we fight for that inch, it's razor thin, the margin between winning and losing. Yeah. And that really shows up, like, in these rankings. If you just went on NFL.com and looked at the, St- the Steelers and the Chiefs and looked at the offense and the defense and see that the difference in giving up you know, 10 yards more passing a game will drop you 10 spots in the rankings or something, a lot of teams are very, very similar. Oh, yeah. And so, I mean, what that comes down to, ultimately, as we're talking about the offenses, is, I mean, I hate to be cliche, but it's the coach and it's the quarterback. And something that's really interesting with Roethlisberger is, you know, everyone 
I, I think we can all agree that Roethlisberger is considered to be pretty clutch, that he's a big game player, um, and that he's pretty scary. And the, the, the thing about him, though, like I was looking at his splits. I think he's 12-6 and six in his playoff career, but he has like 25 touchdowns and 23 picks. Like, his stats don't really look that threatening, but the win-loss column does. Yeah. He's almost like Alex Smith a little bit. The guy knows how to win yep. without putting up great numbers. I would agree with that. And then uh, I was reading the Deadspin had a really good piece on him. Like, which which Ben Roethlisberger are we going to get? And it was basically just talking about his inconsistencies throughout his career. And it was talking about how that year they won the Super Bowl, they beat Arizona, I guess his, his second Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That season he threw for 17 touchdowns and 15 picks. Yeah. Like, not a good year. But then he lit it up in the playoffs, and then he led the game-winning drive in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, that's been Roethlisberger. Like, his numbers might suck. Uh, he used to take way more sacks than any other quarterback, even though you, you think of Ben Roethlisberger breaking these tackles and making these plays. He would take a ton of sacks anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just very inconsistent, but, man, he can get hot. Um, and that happens at home more often than on the road, as I'm mm-hmm. sure most of you know by now. Um, and we can recite these numbers here. I got them at home. This is the last three seasons at home, 20 games, 59 touchdowns, 16 picks. On the road, 22 games, 23 touchdowns, 22 picks. I mean, huge differences. Uh, and, and that's kind of been like one of the main talking points this week is how much stock you put into that. That's a lot of games, though. I mean, 20 versus 22 games, like that's a considerable sample size. Does it make much sense? Maybe not, but it's a thing. Mm-hmm. It, it it happens for a reason. None of us can really identify the reason, but there is... I mean, it happens for a reason. It's, it's happening. So, you mentioned that he can just... He can get hot. He can get hot. So, obviously, I think people will look at what they did against Miami last week, and if you're just, like, browsing the stat column, you're like, okay, look pretty good. Yeah. Um... I wasn't impressed with what Pittsburgh did, at least on offense. Like, the two touchdowns that they scored that put them up early, like, it just didn't, it wasn't anything. It wasn't even this, like, great execution of a play. It just seemed like Miami's defense sucks to me. Yeah. And maybe that's me trying to downplay Pittsburgh, but, like, I just, I didn't see anything from them other than what I've already seen from Le'Veon Bell. Um, I mean, I know that Le'Veon Bell's really patient. I know that he's impressive to watch when he runs the football just because of his style. But their offense wasn't just like, oh my gosh, man, Pittsburgh's on fire. I was watching Miami and being like, you guys are terrible. No, yeah. Your defense is is not out here to win at all. Basically, Antonio Brown caught two passes, embarrassed the Dolphins' safeties. They got below-average safeties, completely embarrassed them. They got a 14-0, and then it's rode Le'Veon Bell the rest of the way. I mean, it was was kind of a Chiefs win. Yeah. Like two short yeah. passes, they get taken for touchdowns, and then conservative the rest of the way out. Like, you're not going to catch up because we got a really good running back, and we're just going to ride on the rest of the way. Oh, so that's how we're going to win on Sunday. All right, game plan solved. Yeah. All right, see you later, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, listen, I I know that what you're telling me now so far, uh, let's, just, let's just reset real quick as we've talked about uh, the Steelers' offense. Okay. Ben Roethlisberger, he wins ugly, but... He can get really hot and obviously do some some pretty impressive things on football field. Mm-hmm. Um, people seem to be more scared about Le'Veon Bell than Antonio Brown. Um, 
in my personal opinion, if I had the first pick of any wide receiver in the NFL, I'm taking Antonio Brown, and I don't I don't know that I consider other guys. Yes, yeah, he's, he's head and shoulders the best for me. Well, um, still, he had a down year, kind of. I mean, if you just look at the yards, mm-hmm. um, he basically went. I got a fifteen hundred, seventeen hundred, eighteen hundred, and then below thirteen hundred this year. Okay, so it was quite a bit down. I mean, down they also five hundred. Really didn't year. have a number two, and they didn't have Heath Miller. Yeah, and, I, I mean, mean, he's getting up there. Like, he might be right. aging just a little bit. Sure. Uh, even last week, he had two drops, which you almost never see from Antonio Brown. Uh, but two drops. I mean, clearly catchable balls that just yeah. just didn't come up with. Uh, I wonder if there's um, they're not quite on the same page or something's changed there. I mean, it's kind of look uh, it's kind of like Alex and Macklin. Like they were on the same page last year, but not quite on the same page this year. Like I don't mm-hmm. know how that happens really, but uh, the numbers back that up. Um, the scary thing about that is that people aren't scared of Antonio Brown. Like, that is not... I, I'm not downplaying Antonio Brown at all. He still frightens the hell out of me. The team is, is plenty <laughs> scared, and they're definitely game-planning for it's him. It's scary so. that Antonio Brown is a distant second uh, fear of Chiefs fans. Like, all right. That guy is scary. I mean, listen. I know that this is like a... That we're fans, and that this is a fan show and whatnot, but um, as many things as I do to try to ensure Chiefs victory, like the... Times that I use in the microwave when heating up leftovers yeah. and the colors that I refuse to wear during the week of whomever we're playing. Yeah. Things like that. I get it. I was not going to try... I was going to make a point to not eat or drink anything from Pennsylvania this week if I could figure out... I mean, I don't, I don't know how often I eat <laughs> yeah, things from Pennsylvania, but you know what I mean. Like, I'm just like, nope. Yeah. No Pennsylvania. No Philly cheese sticks, I guess. Right. Um, but, I, so, so here's the thing. Like, all the different things that we do... Really, what fans can do is if your team is at home, you can show up, and that's the way that you can impact the game. So, fans not being scared about Antonio Brown does not reflect anything about what's going to happen on the field. Uh, yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, it's basically just like that. that's the second option. Like, right. that Antonio Brown could be a team's second option. Like, <laughs> yeah. that scares me. So, um, I, want, I, let's, I want to ask you this question, and then I do want to talk about the Chiefs offense. So... Le'Veon Bell averaging the 100 yards rushing a game is great. He's averaging 50 receiving yards a game. And I think that one thing you'll notice on the broadcast, if you haven't really watched the Steelers on TV much this year, that he lines up everywhere. They will line him up out at wide receiver. They move him all over the field. Um... And so he is a running back, but Le'Veon Bell moves really, really well in open space and runs good routes and stuff. So they get him open and they get him the ball in a lot of ways. I think a lot of people are scared of him because of that, because of how he can be utilized, and they don't know when he comes out of the backfield, who is going to go and cover him. That's, uh, I believe, one of the Santos asked that, I think it was Ben. Okay. Uh, one of the, I, I took some questions. Uh, we might get to them at the end, hopefully. Okay. Uh, but that was that was something I was thinking about, and something he asked about, uh, and something I noticed when I watched the game from earlier in the season. Uh, when Le'Veon Bell went out wide, it was Derek Johnson that followed him. Right. Now okay. I don't like you that don't matchup. want Rameek Wilson going out there. You don't want. Uh, we don't know who's going to start inside linebacker. You don't want Justin Mars going out there. You don't want is it Terrence Smith? Terrence. Yeah, Terrence Smith. You don't want Terrence Smith going out there. So you basically need a safety. It's basically got to be either Barry or Parker, right? No, it doesn't. It doesn't? No. 
Okay. It's Dirty Dan. Dirt. Hey. Get hey the ben, fuck out of here. I'm just. Get hey Ben. Get the fuck out of here. I'm just. I'm just gonna say it. And I know that I've got Dirk over there, fluffing and cursing. Um, <laughs> gonna miss you, Boom. Uh, listen. Why are you talking right to the mic like that? It's, it's Dirty Dan. Dirty Dan's gonna get him. Please. I'm, I'm telling you, like that's. To Can me, I talk to Bob Sutton now? Please do not put Dirty Dan on Le'Veon. What are you talking about? That's what I want. I'm serious. Like that's the matchup that I want to see because. I don't think I don't think that Le'Veon Bell is the kind of guy that like runs away from people. I have not seen him do that. He's smart. Okay. He's he's not like this electric lightning fast guy. Okay. And so when I think about Sorensen, and at least in, in my personal opinion, he is all of the things that you would describe a, a white player as. Deceptively athletic? No, it's just like, no. he's just, well, yeah, he is deceptively <laughs> Yo, athletic. Mean, I mean, no. have you seen the interceptions he's made this year? <laughs> the thing with Sorensen is just like, Sorensen is going to rely on fundamentals and smarts. He's not going to try to overplay it and try to be an athlete against Le'Veon Bell. He's going to play it safe and keep him in front of him. And I don't think he's going to even try to get in there and like jam him to interrupt timing and stuff. And I would rather have a sure tackling, smart player that's just going to follow him around and catch the ball, make the tackle. Catch the ball, make the tackle. Like, that's what I would expect from Sorensen rather than, you know, even if, I I get, whatever, Barry and Parker are great. I love them both. I would rather have Barry than Parker. We still, at times, complain about Ron's tackling. I don't want him chasing after Le'Veon Bell. That looks... That could give you nightmares. That's a good point. You know? That's a good point. I just, I like the idea of Sorensen covering him because I think that it's a way to not necessarily neutralize him, but I I just think that you can eliminate some of the big plays in the passing game if that's what Le'Veon is capable of by just putting somebody who's going to go out there and do their job. Interesting. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, you make a good case. I'll give you that. I don't know. It's a good case. I mean, like, I, what's what's Le'Veon Bell's forty time? Like four six. I I don't know. I mean, I th- don't get me wrong. I'm surely he's fast, but I but mean, we never see it. Yeah, I think that most of what Le'Veon does is that you know he he's usually walking or standing. Yeah, and and what happens is like because of that patience, he ends up finding that right seam, and I'm sure that he can make guys miss in the open field and whatnot. But like. He's an angles runner, man. It's not. It's not about. He's not. Obviously, Tyreek Hill is a special talent when it comes to speed. But you know, he's a. He's more of a like a Terrell Davis or an Emmitt Smith or something like that. That's like I'm going to to get yards in the eight to ten yard chunks rather than Chris Johnson that has ten carries for fifteen yards and then the eleventh one goes for seventy or Jamal Charles Chris to Johnson. me. <laughs> CJ I, 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 I was like, who's... Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just like this, sort of the same idea with Jamal, but Jamal averaged five yards a game yeah. for his career. Okay. So um, This kind of feeds into uh, something I uh, teased for tonight's podcast. Uh, I talked about an injury that nobody was really talking about, uh, and I thought it was kind of a big deal, and that is Ladarius Green. Okay. Um, and here's why. Because you kind of got a safety conundrum if you're the Chiefs, and... Ladarius Green plays, which it doesn't look like he's going to. 
It looks like he will be sitting this one out. He hasn't practiced all week. He's out with a concussion. Um, He's only played in six games this year, for what it's worth. Um, so, I mean... Yeah. But he's talented. I mean, he's he's a very good receiving tight end. Like, that's... Yeah. He has one specific skill, but that's... And he's, and he's good at it. A very specific set of skills? Yeah. Just one. Only one skill. He's only good at one thing. Okay. <laughs> Are you, are you mocking me? No, no. I was. That was. Isn't that? Isn't that? Is that taken? Am I doing this right? Is that taken? A, the Liam the Neeson. Movie? Oh, I've never seen it. A very specific set of skills. Oh. No, I don't know. I could be wrong. It could, I don't, I've never seen it. He will hunt you down, and he will find you. That's not my type of movie. So I am. <laughs> I am in the dark. I'm much more of a musical kind of guy, as, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So I would think Eric Berry will be in the box a lot, helping out with the run game. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Like, we're going to need help on the run. Like, you would think Barry's going to be involved, right? Yeah, so the inter- I, I listened to uh, the spots that, that Therese did on the drive this week, and they, they asked him about that, and what he said was, I don't think I would put Barry in the box, but he knows that he needs to be around it, and he's always kind of been afforded the opportunity, I, maybe not always, but certainly like this year, He's really been given that like Polamalu kind of freelancing role, and he may not stand out the way that Polamalu did because of the hair and crap. But like Barry, Barry plays all over the field like that, and they'll line him up pretty much anywhere. I feel like he's been more in single high this year. Would you I thought that? that they've yeah, and they did that last year too. And I don't know if that was because See, thought, they didn't thought, want his body to wear down. Damn, or I wanted what, to ask like, Therese this, and I just forgot, um, or even or even Seth. Uh, but I wanted to. I felt like last year was more Ron Parker playing single high and Barry kind of manning up on tight ends a lot. And I feel like this year it's been more Eric Barry playing single high and Ron Parker singling up on tight ends. I feel like that's. Well, I'd like to ask them. I should have before this. I meant to, and I, I fucking forgot. I'm, I'm angry about that. But it's such a. I mean, it's a completely different look too because last year you had Branch and you had some Abdullah, but you know not as much as you would have liked because of the concussion. Um, and and I guess right now, like the surprise guy that's starting to get snaps and ended up on Pro Football Focus's all pro team as a special teamer is Eric Murray. Um, and I don't know if how much they want to work him in in a game like this. But it wouldn't shock me to see Murray play a role, especially if someone struggles. Like if we try Sorensen out and he struggles or something, like mm-hmm. come in and play a role. But ho- let, let me finish this point real quick. It's kind of a numbers game with the safeties. Okay. So if Barry drops down to help the running game, that moves. Parker to single high. Yeah. Then you got Sorensen on the tight end. You would kind of think. And I would I would think that in your conventional brain, since you really didn't want him to run after Le'Veon Bell, you thought that the white on white matchup of yes. him and Jesse James yes. was just they just cancel each other out. Yes. We can just not worry about Even that. Even though all Jesse day. James caught a touchdown on him earlier this year, which <laughs> kind of lightened my theory a little bit. Um, I think that works if it's Jesse James, but I wouldn't want Sorensen covering Ladarius Green. Okay. So if Ladarius Green did play, then you got to have someone playing single high, you got to have someone watching Le'Veon, and you got someone watching uh, Ladarius. And I just don't know if I want Sorensen necessarily doing any of those. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm kind of hip to your thinking. I'm I'm honestly I'm something, in. or something. they can just go zone. I mean, you just go zone, and that solves all those problems, but the Chiefs play man-to-man, I think it was more than any other team yeah. this season. I saw you retweet something that both of Roethlisberger's picks came against, like, 
eight-man zone or something, like like rushing three and dropping eight guys was my, yeah. Miami was just like playing zone the whole field, and that's when Roethlisberger threw both of his picks on Sunday. Yeah, I uh, it's a three-man rush, I think. Okay, I vaguely remember that, um, and that might just be. You know, happenstance. Because honestly, I thought both of Roethlisberger's picks, one of them was deflected, maybe, and the other one was just a bad throw. Well, one of them was one of the Antonio Brown drops. Okay. But that was like immediately after he threw it right to that defensive lineman, and it went through his hands, and then it was actually okay. a Jesse James catch. It was okay. a really weird back to back. Quick um, point on Jesse James, if I may. He's not bad. I just, I just want to. I got. I have to say this. I love Sandra Bullock. I love her. <laughs> And I know that this is not the same Jesse James, but I hate him on principle because they have the same name. That's a lot. And I cannot wait to see Dirty Dan playing him. You better plan him for Sandy. Do it. What are you talking about? That's the she's married to the motorcycle Jesse James guy and he cheated on her. The oh, I don't know. jerk face. I don't know anything about this. I think we're missing each other with our references. So I'll, I'll hit you with another one. The road dog Jesse James yeah. in back in WWF days. Okay. Fun character. Alright. Fun character. That's fine. Just, just to balance out the Jesse James hate. Well, I'm sure that podcast. a lot of people... In case he's listening, you know, I don't want him to get yeah. a bad idea. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people in Kansas City have that, like, the outlaw Jesse James, and they just, you know, he's he's sort of a local boy, yeah. and, you know, so they like him, but... Is he local? I, I, don't, I think so, no. right? Either way... I hear the name Jesse James. I don't know what the hell Jesse James is. Like, I always hear the outlaw Jesse James. It's like an old uh, Western kind yeah, of thing. He's just, yeah, uh, I'm completely ignorant to the to the Jesse James, other than the road dog Jesse James. Okay. Well, I hate the motorcycle guy because he cheated on Sandy, and Sandy is a national treasure. Sandra Bullock is, is my girl, and yeah. I just wanted to take a minute. Take okay. a minute. All right, so... But the, I, the, I found that tweet. Dolphins played eight-man zone against Steelers' empty sets. Uh, Thomas' interception came on that, and so did Mitchell' dropped interception before it. That's the... Uh, I think that's the one that went through Antonio Brown's hands and the defensive lineman dropping the pick. Okay, so the empty set is five wide. Five wide. They went eight-man zone. Five wide. We used to do that. Yeah. Um, Okay, so how about this? Roethlisberger's going to – he will give you the ball. The chances are the, the Steelers have now played 17 games this year. And unless my calculations are not right, Roethlisberger's thrown... No, he's thrown he's thrown 17 picks because he threw two on Sunday. He had 15... Am I wrong? He has 15 or 17. Am I wrong? I don't know. Am I wrong? <laughs> you're, not, you're not wrong. No, you're not wrong. You're just an asshole. So, I'm not sure if this includes the playoff game or not. <laughs> Should it we just, just set this down and start talking movies, I guess? <laughs> we could. We could. But, uh, we, but we'd have to talk about miscongeniality. So, no, so, <laughs> no Sp- I only like the sequel. The point, the point that I'm making, regardless of whether it's 15 or 17, is that Roethlisberger basically is going to throw you a pick. You're going to get one. Um, so he threw 17 this year. I don't know if it's 15 or 17. Okay, it's either 15, and I counted the playoff game, or he had 15 and threw two on Sunday, so he has 17 and 17 games. Uh, I'm going to compound that stat. Roethlisberger led the NFL and dropped interceptions this year. Oh. 13. How, and who calculates? 13 who dropped, calculates the dropped interceptions? Uh, Are you on like... I think it's Football Outsiders. Oh, okay. Who I think that was the DVOA. It was yeah. in this Deadspin article. The Deadspin has this Ben Roethlisberger article. It's really long. Okay. There's a lot of there's a lot of meat in it. Yeah. Um, I was hoping that it wasn't just like 
statchartsrs.com and it's, you know, yeah. like the, the amateur hour version of, yeah, just of a stat website. No, like, look how many drop in, it's just tallies. Yes. <laughs> I watch a lot of Red Zone. 13. Yeah, I've seen at least 13 this year, maybe more. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Can I. Real quick, because um, we we spent so much time on Pittsburgh's offense. Well, hold on. I only got one last thought, and then we can switch over for the second half. Sure. Yeah. Um, does Peters chase Antonio Brown at all? I don't think so. No. The quick answer no. is no. The only time we've seen it, he did it a little bit to Julio Jones against the Falcons, and yeah. it was I think it was only on third downs, and he would he would chase Julio Jones on a few of those third downs. Right now, I mean, honestly, the way that the Chiefs' defense has been playing. Um, I just, I, I just want them to line up and play football. I was, that was gonna be my next question. You I mean, want them to get cute? You want them to get fancy with this, or do you want them to just no go out and do it? I just want them to go out and do it. Um, I do, and I, and I want to talk about the defenses. We're gonna, we're gonna try to spend a little bit of time on some, some nonsense, and we'll talk about some defense. Um, but real quick, I just want to ask you, about, like, about the Chiefs' offense quickly. Um, I mean, I think that everybody knows the Chiefs. Right, like yes. we don't like we're talking about the Chiefs by talking about Pittsburgh, but um, everyone everyone knows our takes on the Chiefs and how we feel about them. But right now, I, I think because of the numbers that you were presenting about Bell and stuff, like Pittsburgh seems like they're they're hot. You know, they've yeah. won eight games in At a row, at least seven in a row, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I see this stat that Pittsburgh started the season four and five against. Basically, teams with a cumulative record of 83, 59, and 2. So, pretty decent teams. Yeah. And then they finished the season 7-0 and against teams that had a combined record of 42, 69, and 1. Um, I think I saw someone tweet us saying that the, the 7-0 and streak that they had to end the season was against teams that were basically 6-10. and um, is, Yeah, is it how averaged that, out 6-10. Right. So, um, From uh, Paul Fuller. Average records of teams that beat their first, their seven game win streak was six and ten. Right, and I mean, I also saw someone make a great point that, like, if you're not looking at the names, you're looking at the numbers. You are not impressed by what Pittsburgh is doing. Yeah, I and mean, I think that that's I think that's very true. Yeah. Um. But what, what I want to ask you about the Chiefs' offense is like, well, my take on that is, people play a lot of fantasy football, uh-huh. and Pittsburgh. With Roethlisberger, with Le'Veon, with Antonio Brown, they're just they're kind of fantasy gods. Mm-hmm. So I think everybody kind of overvalues them yeah. because of those players. Yeah. Like they're so easy to play, and they have these monster games they put up and, and win you money that people think they're better at football than they actually are. And I, that's kind of been my take the last couple years. Danny had a great take the other day that he said. Roethlisberger, Bell, and Brown would be the first three picks if both teams were in a draft. Yeah. But, like, the next ten guys would be Chiefs. Yeah. Um, yeah and he, I, asked, he asked his guy, Pony Day, who would be the next Steeler chosen, and he said, Pouncey. Yeah. Their center. So that's not a... I mean, not. don't get me wrong. Like, I like, you so know, Mitch Morse, Chiefs, but, like... How many Chiefs would you take over Marquise Pouncey? Exactly. Or, is it Marquise? Yeah. Yeah. Um... The question I want to ask you about the Chiefs' offense, um, you know, we kept kind of waiting for the breakout game or the get-right game or whatever, um, and ultimately I think that maybe we decided that that was the Denver game at home where they seemed to, to really turn it on. 
Yep. Um, and I mean, generally speaking, I think that for the most part, as Alex has started running the ball, um, the offense has seemed to open up a little bit. And I think that there is like some room for positivity, some room to feel good about where the offense is at. And oh, I yeah. just wanted to get like a general idea from you. Like, how do you feel about the offense entering this game? I mean, um, do you think they're going to score? Like, what do you, yeah. do you think they're going to oh, look yeah. good? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, look, my, my take on Andy Reid all season is that he's correct to be conservative mm-hmm. during the season because his offense is so scheme-dependent that you cannot use... He can't fill up 16 full games by his scheme. Like, yeah. there's just... It's not enough to do that. Yeah. So it's wise to save some of it. You get up two scores, and then you save your offense. You go into prevent mode, pretty much. Uh, that cost them one game against the Titans. People were mad about it. I defended it. But I think Andy Reid has shown when you get to the playoffs, he does not do that. He goes all out. And he likes to get that offense rolling before before the playoffs and in the playoffs. I mean, the Colts game, we came out firing that game. Like, that was the best maybe Andy's offense has ever looked. Mm-hmm. Um, the Texans game, I mean, we had the kickoff turn to start it. Got the early two to three score lead, and we kind of shut it down then because the Texans weren't that good. And then against the Patriots, the, I don't think the offense was the problem. Like, they were severely undermanned and still put up a healthy amount of points. Like, their two-minute offense was nothing pretty to look at. But I think Andy, um, I think he gets it when it comes to the playoffs now. I don't know if he always did because I don't remember if he used to get conservative kind of in the Eagles games. But I think he knows he will have to score points. I think he's got the offense humming right now. Like, our, I think our highest two-point total the last two weeks, I want to say, without looking at it. I mean, it, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, they had a pretty good game in Indy. Yeah. Seemed like it didn't matter who was playing quarterback that day we scored. Yeah. Uh, so I, I expect big things from the offense. And I expect they'll have to score because I expect the Steelers to score. Like, I expect uh, there's there's kind of some games I look back at um, to compare this, and one of them was the Chiefs and Seahawks from 2014. Um, I was kind of looking at 2014 because – Here's a stat for you. The 2014 Chiefs run defense, 28th in yards, 30th in yards per carry. This year's run defense, 26th in yards, 25th in yards per carry. So this year's a little bit better. But that year, had a big game against the Seahawks, and they were like the number one running team that year. And Marshawn Lynch came in and ran for 24 and 124. But Jamal Charles ran for 160. He outdueled them. The offense put up points. And even though the run defense couldn't ever really stop Marshawn Lynch, they still won that game by outdueling them. And I could see this being a similar type of game to that Chiefs Seahawks 2014 game. I um I guess the way that I'm looking at the offense right now is I I think that Sharkhandrick looked healthy for the first time all season against San Diego. First time all year I thought he looked really sharp running the ball. And to, to see him get that opportunity, let Spence sit down and 
now, hopefully, I mean, we don't really know what the ribs are doing, but I'm assuming Spencer Ware is going to be pretty fresh. Oh, yeah. The team should be rested. Mm -hmm. And if Sharkandrick is healthy and Spence can get going, like, it's having both of them that that makes it a lot more impactful in the running game. I expect both to be factors on Sunday. Sharkandrick West looked the best he had probably all season in, uh, in the last game of the season. Okay, well, listen, before, before we get too, too deep on the, the defenses and whatnot here, let's, uh, I know you've got, got some words that you want to put out into the world. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so I'm going to give you the floor. Give me the okay. floor here, Dirk. Yeah, yeah. Hit me, give, me, give me a tune here. Hey, yeah, yeah. Hey, there we go. All right. Uh, we got some new friends over at uh, Big League Shirts. Uh, this is a fully customizable jerseys. Uh, they do softball, basketball, flag football, even hockey. Even oh, hockey jerseys. Awesome. Uh, they also do gloves, hats, shorts, pants, and arm sleeves. You know, if you want to rock the one arm sleeve. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's a good, great company. Uh, if you've got a softball team, that's kind of their uh, main squeeze, if you will. So if you're looking for jerseys for the upcoming season in the spring, give them a look. It is BigLeagueShirts.com. Uh, and they're, they're, their shirts are crazy. I mean, it's full dye, so it's like the entire... Shirt. It's not just like a little huh. logo on the front. It's like a little square. It's a full thing, and it's crazy colors. And they have artists come up with uh, these different designs and stuff. You can either you can be as detailed as you want, or you can just have them go at it. Uh, but it's, it's a good company. So check out uh, BigLeagueShirts.com. Awesome. We'll have to uh, talk to them about some some amateur hour. Yeah. Some AHPKC hockey jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. All right. Uh, then, uh, but otherwise, um, I believe we owe it to uh, one of our biggest fans. <laughs> Not really. Uh, no, but, he's a fan. He's a fan. But, it's all right. Yeah, he's a fan. I listen to the show. Yeah. <laughs> I would say we are probably two of his biggest fans. Absolutely. Uh, but the impending departure of Danny Parkins on 610, uh, he's been very, very kind to this show with his mm-hmm. platform. Um. We were, of course, happy for him, obviously. Uh, it kind of sucks losing him. Uh, I remember when he lost uh, Nick Wright. Um, I don't know, it's weird. Sports didn't quite feel as important. Like They kind of almost took a step back just because we were so into Nick Wright, and then he was gone, and it just wasn't the same. Like I just didn't care as much. Like I'm not getting awesome analysis yeah. Um, yeah. Like, you know, every day. Which uh, so and then it took a little while and then Danny Parkins like I was I wasn't on immediately but eventually he stepped into the spotlight uh, and I think he did a fantastic job I listened to his show pretty much every day uh, I feel like we had a great rapport with him because we would bounce ideas off him and he would use them on his show and stuff and he'd talk mm-hmm. about us and give us shouts and compliment our work um, and beyond that I mean he's a friend of mine. So it sucks too for him to be moving cities. Uh, I, I played volleyball with his fiance. Uh, I walked his dog. Um, <laughs> so it sucks. It sucks on a number of levels that we are losing one Danny Parkins to his dream job in Chicago. Yeah, you know, uh, I've I've really enjoyed like getting to know Danny uh, on a personal level. He's just a, a good dude to be around, and it's always fun and like kind of exciting when you do like get to spend time with somebody like that oh, and, yeah. you know it's like you get to kind of 
rat back and forth with them about different ideas and then when you get to hear some of those conversations sort of like end up on the show it's just like you know dude that's how it happens that's and that's awesome to be able to at times feel like you're a part of that and yeah. be connected to that mm-hmm. um and i mean listen as as much as i'm going to miss danny uh i really do think that this is a blessing and an opportunity for kind of all parties involved um like this is the perfect thing for Danny. He gets to go home to Chicago. He gets to be on the Cubs radio station and like talk to Joe Madden every single week. And like the Cubs are the team in the world that Danny cares about. Like that's the team that he's a fan of more than any other team. And what it does though is that it also opens up that afternoon slot and gives Carrington and Heisler and whomever else they choose, a huge opportunity for them. And I know that both Ben and Carrington have been working really, really hard, and Danny's been doing everything he can to try to not like not just drive the show, but also to try and like empower them. And I'm really excited for both of those guys to see what they have uh, in store for, for Kansas City. Um, and, I mean... It is a little tough for us because, like, we're we're pretty much like football strictly. So as they transition, like, into Royals baseball, at least for us, I know I probably will be listening less, and that's not a knock on them. It's just that's how, that's my sports it's cycle. A knock on baseball, right? It's a knock on baseball. Um, but I'm really excited to to see what they do too, because I mean, it's two young guys that work really hard, and I think they're both really talented, and and I'm I'm excited to see what they do. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it sucks that Danny's moving. It does. You know? Like, it's, I think it's going to be hard on the sports scene a little bit, but it is, I, it's always cool to see people get an opportunity, you know? Yeah. Like, Danny and Carrington got this opportunity because Nick left. Mm-hmm. So, with Danny leaving... Not, not right away. Right. But you know what I mean? Like, um, I think that that's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun to see what 610 does, because, I mean, anytime you have a shakeup, like, usually, I would like to think that good things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kansas City is always a great market for that. We got passionate sports fans, so you're going to end up having good sports talk. We are a great springboard into the national sports scene. <laughs> we are a great, a great middle child. Rats. Uh, yeah. but, but good luck to Danny. Legitimately, sad that, legitimately yeah. sad that he was leaving this week. I will yeah. say that. Yeah. Good dude. Good Cheers dude, to Dan him. Parkins. Um, so let's, uh, let's talk a little bit, obviously, about the defenses. Uh, we spent so much time on Pittsburgh's offense, and I don't... I hope that people don't think that the show ends up sounding lopsided because of that. But, like, how many guys on Pittsburgh's defense can you name right now other than James Harrison, who's 37 or 38 years old? because he's still there. Like, How many can I name? I mean, you... Mitchell, Gay, Timmons, uh, Tewitt. Yeah. uh, Jarvis Jones. Doesn't play. Definitely doesn't play. Uh... Who's their other middle linebacker? Shazier? Shazier, probably their best defensive uh, player. Cam Hayward is out. Yeah. Um, I don't think I know their other corners. You got Ross Cockrell. Ross Co- he got concussed last week. Yeah. He, he hit it really well, and he came back in the game. Rookie Artie Burns. Cheater. Artie Burns, there you go. You got the, uh, got him the rookie uh, from Kentucky, Bud Dupree, that, oh, yeah. that completely destroyed Matt Moore. Yes. Um, uh, on that note... Uh, One of my my main points in watching the Steelers last week, they played with a fucking attitude. 
Well, they I came mean, out they're and the played Steelers, me. Man. Well, <laughs> no, they haven't been the last few years. Okay. Last few years, I mean, they, they have this, you know, historical, traditional defensive sense about them. But the last three to four years, that's been missing greatly. Um, and I really thought they came out and, man, just laid the wood. Uh, obviously the Bud Dupree hits, but also Mike Mitchell just... I mean, right after, like, the debris hits, and everyone's just kind of like, oh, God, like, like that uneasy feeling. Close. And then he laid somebody out, like, two plays later, and was just like, holy crap, like, they are not letting up. Like, mm-hmm. they are making a point of it. Um, this would have frightened me two years ago, um, before the Chiefs were able to get over the hump of the Broncos. Like, I think playing the Broncos has very much so helped in this specific situation. Yeah. So I, the Chiefs have to match that intensity. I'll say that. But I'm not worried about that. And I think they will. I think it'll be a very hard-hitting, physical, violent game out there on Sunday. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, yeah. I, I think that... <laughs> Nothing better than being an arrowhead with a few beers in you and violence starts rolling. Not in the right. stands, fuck that. I don't like fan fights, they're stupid. That's about as dumb as it But on yes. the field, if you're getting paid a million dollars, I want violence. <laughs> uh, so, so listen, a couple thoughts real quick. Um, I just, when I look at Pittsburgh's defense, there is not a player... That, that they field that actually scares me. Like, when you when you line up against some of the defenses in the league, um, if you line up against all of the defenses in the AFC West, you have to face Vaughn Miller. You have to face Khalil Mack. You even have to face Joey Bosa. And even if it's not Joey Bosa in San Diego, they still have Melvin Ingram. And if it's not Melvin Ingram, they still have great corners. Like, there's not a player on Pittsburgh's defense that scares me. And the player on their defense that really beat us up and and made it tough for us is on IR, and that's Cam Hayward. Yeah. Um, Watching that uh, game over again, that screen pass that was intercepted, I never paid attention to the play Cam Hayward makes, but he's getting blocked. He knocks Spencer Ware off, like down, with his left arm, and then reaches his right arm up and tips the ball, which is headed to the Spencer Ware, who's now laying on the ground. And he tips the ball, which leads to the interception. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just a one-arm knocking the runner down, which I think is a legal play behind the line, maybe. I mean, maybe it's a little gray area there. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. And then reaching the right arm and blocking the pass while being blocked. It was an amazing play. But that guy will not be playing on Sunday. The Chiefs on the season, the offensive line... Um... They were 15 sacks below the average of the first three seasons of Andy Reid. Um, I, I think that we are are well aware by now that they're a pretty good pass-blocking offensive line. Yes. Um, as far as run-blocking is concerned, they have, they've had their struggles. Um, but I text you, I want to say it was during the Saturday games... And was just like, man, I watch these teams run to the edge, and it just tells me that like that's what we have to do. We just have to be wise that when we get into short yardage and when we get into the red zone, we don't have to run straight forward. We don't have to try to man up and be a power offensive line. If we're good at running to the edges, we can do that. And I think that Harrison 
sets the edge really well. Obviously, he's James Harrison. He destroyed know? a Tyreek uh, jet jet sweep mm-hmm. uh, in that earlier game. Like ended up with like a negative four yard game, but he just pushed the tackle back into him, made him run backwards, and then it was just a, yeah. a lost play after and that. And James so Harrison that well. is the kind of guy that I think is one of the harder people for Fisher to block. Um, oh man! So I've watched some. I've watched a fair amount of Steelers Chiefs. Okay. Twenty fourteen, James Harrison against Eric Fisher. Oh lordy! Oh my goodness! Like he put him in a body bag, man. Just yeah. couldn't block him. Put was, him in a body bag, James. <laughs> I was having flashbacks to our just you know conversations about Eric Fisher, like just how bad he was mm-hmm. at that point. Uh, he's come a long ways. We'll say that. He, he got manhandled yeah. by James yeah. Harrison, which is no, you know, it's not it's not the worst of looks. I mean, James Harrison's a stud, a potential Hall of Famer, probably not, probably on the outside. Um, but somehow he's still doing it at 38 years old. He's, that guy's... Still doing it. He's just a force of nature. One year younger than Joey Porter. Yeah, who's, who's been a coach for four seasons yeah. or next, something. And he's I mean, already had a coach fight. Coach, on his coach is generous. He's already had a coach fight and a coach dismissal on his resume. I think that Joey Porter could could actually have the title of cheerleader. He's, I don't even think he coaches them yeah. at all. He just stands on the sideline and yells and high fives and stuff. It wouldn't shock me. I mean, he got dismissed as a coach this week. He might line up and they might sign him and, and play him this week. Yeah. Well, uh, Dupree... Uh, he's definitely a talented player, but um, he's young. And, and, I mean, for me, if I'm the Chiefs, there are a lot of ways that people like to game plan, and it's going away from the talented guy. I mean, just look at what the teams have done by throwing to anyone but Marcus Peters this year. So I would think that if you can get away with it, that you try to maybe run away from James Harrison. Um, run at Bud Dupree. And, and run at Bud Dupree. The problem is, is that as we've seen, and as I have hammered home on, on the tweet machine at time or two, the Chiefs are a lot better running left than they have been running right most of the year. Yep. And so, um, but I mean, I think that if you have a healthy and rested Mitch Schwartz, I would like to think that he's going to be able to kind of have his way with Bud Dupree a little bit. Um, and, you know, the kid might be able to get the better of him a time or two, but generally speaking, I think that if you make a point to try to scheme away from James Harrison, that that would probably be smart. Um, as, as far as, let's, let's just, like, look at the two defenses. Um, the Chiefs' defense is clearly, are they clearly better I mean, is that the right word? Can we just say that the Chiefs' defense is better than the Steelers? Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're comparing the two defenses, yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, I, I I'm just I'm asking. I'm trying because yeah. I know the the point totals and stuff. Like some of the stats. That's why I said like these things are similar. These teams are very similar. Yeah. Um, I I think that the Chiefs' defense is a lot more dynamic. Um, is is definitely safe to say. More playmakers. Yeah. All over the field. Um, but especially if the Chiefs are at full strength, I mean, obviously, yeah, Justin Houston's knee will be a big question. But if you're telling me all these dudes are out there, yes, they're they're considerably better. This is what I want, dear Justin Houston. Give me a half of football, like you played in Denver. Yeah, and you can rest until September, <laughs> like. I would love to see a completely healthy Justin Houston 
I personally do not have faith that that's going to be the case. Yeah. I don't think that I'm going. And, and if if we do get to like see a great Justin Houston, like I said, just give me give me that half. Give me that Denver half again. Um, you using it now or in New England? Uh, I mean, I I just want to get to New England, honestly. So, um, what, if you're in the AFC Championship game, I don't. I mean, it's in New England. Yeah, of course, I'd love to see Justin Houston play that game too. But you know what? Like, if I can get the half of football that I got against Denver from Justin Houston in the first half against Pittsburgh to be able to like get a lead and in some way maybe try to make Pittsburgh just throw the ball all over the yard and they can't rely on handing the ball to Le'Veon Bell, making them a little more one-dimensional. They're dangerous when they throw the ball like that, for sure. But um, if you can ring Roethlisberger up a few times and shut down Le'Veon Bell, because Justin Justin Houston was just as good against the run as he was against the pass with Denver. I well, mean, that was incredible. Yeah, this season, I mean, he's been a better run defender than pass rusher, I would say. Technically, yeah. I mean, just but because that's just, the games after Denver, he didn't... He, he lacked that burst, but he yeah. was still setting that edge like crazy. Like rewatching that Chiefs Raiders game, he was all over the place in the running game. Yeah. Couldn't couldn't get there in the passing game, but very good run defender. I don't I don't know what to expect from him. Um, I don't know if he's going to be on a snap count or what. I mean, he's had a bunch of rest, and uh, so that's great. But I mean, the good news is D Ford should be fully healthy now. Yeah. Tom Ali's coming off a week off, which is yeah. huge for a player of that age. Same thing for Frank Zombo. He's fully rested. I, I want to give Frank Zombo some, <laughs> some credit. I want to give him some credit, man. He's he's kind of filled in all season. Yeah. And obviously he's not he's not anywhere near as talented as the other three. And he's had some plays where he's gotten embarrassed, but I mean he's been put in bad positions where he got what was he one on one with Brandon Cooks on that one play? Like that's yeah. not a winning situation. No, it's not. It's not. Uh, but I don't know, I think he's He's stuck around all these years, and he, he, he kind of did his job. He made a few are you things. Are you, like, are you kind of turning the corner on Frank Zombo? Man, I'm just in love with the team right now. Yeah. I love all the Chiefs. Right. I love them all. I agree give with you. Give it to Richie Harris. I want to give him a big old hug. <laughs> I want to give that man a big old hug. That's interesting. Um, <laughs> I mean, I I think it's unfortunate that... Uh, that daddy got hurt and is not going to be able to play any kind of a role. Uh, just having being able to have another pass rusher uh, that that stinks it stinks a little bit. Um, but I do think this is a, a um, probably an unpopular take because I know that we haven't been able to see it as much as we would like. And no matter what, people want to see Justin Houston. If Justin Houston is going to stay on that side and we move D Ford to the other side, I think it makes D Ford worse. I mean, yeah. and and I don't know if that matters. I mean, it's still a net positive because you get Justin Houston out there, you well, know. D Ford didn't have a sack since Justin Houston came back. Exactly. Um, I mean, and I would at, just he said at like ten and a half or eleven and a half near the NFL lead at that point. Yeah. Then he missed the game and then hasn't seen a sack since. I just, um, I would, I would like one great half of football from Justin Houston, and I will consider that like the contribution that I need from him for these playoffs. If we're going to win a Super Bowl, I would love to have Justin Houston be a part of that because I feel a lot more confident about being able to do it. <laughs> yeah, um, that's that's fair. You know, and one other thing just came to me, Chiefs. And else the fucking defense. 
on Sunday. <laughs> Don't come out here with this <laughs> bullshit where you're introducing the offense. Hey, you know what? It worked against the Raiders. I got... Let's just make everybody in the stands no, feel a little bit weird. No, I don't want that. I want to scream my face <laughs> off. I want I want three screwdrivers in me and three beers, and I want to walk in there at noon, and I want to see Justin Houston come out and like, yeah, just, yeah. I want Eric Berry to come out and be, oh, God, Eric Berry, yes, all, all the chills, all yeah. of them. I want you Tom Bahali. I want to cheer Tom Bahali. I want him to introduce D too. I want give me all three pass rushers. Yeah. We're starting D Ford <laughs> and Tamba and Houston. You're gonna introduce Zombo. Yeah. <laughs> Don't introduce any inside linebackers. Introduce Dirty Dan, Ron Parker, Eric Berry. Can I just pick eleven no. guys for no. you to introduce? <laughs> I will give you the list. You guys can introduce ten players and Andy Reid. Justin right? Colquitt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> James Winchester! Did they introduce the special teams? <laughs> Can you imagine if you got them to introduce Cairo Santos, yeah. Dustin Colquitt, James Winchester, like, and but then you get to get like DJ Eric Alexander. Murray. Yep. No, you gotta, Sherman. Go, you gotta go all special teams. Yeah, Sherman, yeah. Eric Murray. Yeah. That'd be great. PFF had like a a full special teams team. Uh-huh. Like every unit kind of thing. There awesome. was chiefs everywhere. Oh yeah. Everywhere. I mean, every chief that played. Sorensen was on there. Murray was on there. DJ Alexander was on there. So, because we're talking about special teams, and I'm sure that people have been at least somewhat interested or are a little bit worried about it, uh, let's talk about Dave 2 real quick. Okay. Um, That's our problem. That's how we kept Dave 2. We told him we'd introduce the special teams for the playoff. Exactly. That was our pitch. Um, Listen, right now, all I can tell you is that I'm excited that, for whatever reason, Denver hired Vance Joseph... Instead of Kyle Shanahan, who I thought that that would have scared me a little bit, yeah. Um, and I'm really glad that Tube didn't go there. Um, I guess he could still end up going to Los Angeles and coaching the Chargers. Or... Chargers hired a coach. Who'd they hire? Uh, I didn't see. Really? Yeah. Oh, I saw because there's only one more. I saw someone say there's only. One it wasn't more. Doug Marone. The Jaguars <laughs> beat him to that. Um, there's only one opening left. It's San Francisco. Okay, I liked the Sean McDermott hire for Buffalo. Yeah, uh, he was a guy that uh, was the defensive coordinator under Andy for a couple years in Philly, but he was kind of like the the Jim Johnson understudy, um, and he, but he's been the Panthers' defensive coordinator for a while. While we're on this, real quick, the Vance Joseph hire doesn't make a lick of sense on paper. Uh, he's been a coordinator for one year. He he was the coordinator for that Miami defense that just got train wrecked by Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you could say they're undermanned. I, I don't. I mean, they got Sue. They got they got talent, right? And they kind of underperformed all season. It's one of those like he has to be great in the interview room. Like that's yeah. the only explanation because his resume does not scream head coach. And I am happy that the Broncos hired him. I'll say that. Um, I, and a, a quick thing. Um, and I don't. I, I'll just want to say this, and then we'll stop talking about the Broncos. Are we sure that John Elway's really good at what he does? Like, are we sure? I mean, he drafted Brock Osweiler, yeah, and he's not there. They drafted Paxton Lynch, and they don't seem that interested in playing him. I know it's his rookie season. Well, I, the best thing he did was sign Peyton Manning, and that's right. That's it, right? John Elway was Which able to for. get Peyton Manning there. You and give him credit had, for, but it's not like a hard decision. It's like right. if you can get Peyton Manning, you get Peyton Manning. And he had a good off season where, after getting Peyton Manning, he got to bring in Demarcus Ware and T.J. Ward and Aqib Tlaib. Did he draft Von Miller? Uh, I mean, if he did, it was a no-brainer. But I don't, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that'd be a credit. But I guess I just, um, I like, I don't, I don't know if John Elway's good or not. 
I don't know if he is. Can I? My conspiracy theory. Did I? Did I share this with you? I think I did. Yeah, I was on the phone with you. Oh, that you. Because yeah. Elway had that tweet about Dave Two, like, what a great interview. I think he was trying to push Dave Tube on other teams, like, right. get him off the Chiefs. Yeah. Like, somebody else hired Dave Tube, so I don't have to deal with them in the division anymore. Um, Which, pretty smart move. Right. Because I wouldn't this, want to deal with Dave Tube either. This turned into a conversation about everyone except Dave Tube. Oh. Um, but, listen, I one thing that I'm really impressed with, and I heard this great point when people were talking about why they think that um, special teams coaches, or Dave Tube specifically, can be a great head coach is because all of the guys that you get on special teams, basically all the guys that make it to the NFL, for the most part, while they were in high school and while they were in college, they never played special teams. Yeah, Those guys were starters, and they were the good players on their teams, so they never played special teams. So you suddenly get to the NFL, and you have to motivate guys that have never done this before, that in order to earn a roster spot, you have to work your tail off to do this, and you have to care about it. Um, and it's just like... Most of the players that come in and play special teams, unless you're a specialist, like a kicker or a punter or a long snapper, most of those guys have never done it before. Yeah. And, uh, man, I mean, he's he's tremendous. I, I think that the... I What's... How do the Chiefs win? What's the what's the the formula on Sunday? Is it the same formula that it Get is Get an early lead, baby! Get an early lead! <laughs> Squat on it! I mean, I don't... No, I don't but I don't, I don't think that's going to be the case. Don't think they'll be squatting. I mean, you have to keep putting up points in this one. Yeah. Um, is Pittsburgh the scariest, like, team to have a lead on? Is there any other team that, like... No. No? To have a lead on? Like, if you're beating Pittsburgh, you have a lead. It's, like... I Basically, is Pittsburgh's offense, like, the scariest offense? No. Like, no. Who, who would you... Least like to be up 14 points against. Andrew Luck? <laughs> the Colts? What a jerk. Yeah. What? Is that not the answer? I mean, he, no, no. He starts thriving just, when he's down 21. You're right. Yeah. Blake I mean, Bortles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good answer. I mean, I, the Falcons and the, the, the... Packers. Patriots. Packers, probably. Yeah. Well, not the Packers. Rodgers never comes back from two scores out. Okay. Okay. He's only done it one time in his career. He's really good, though. Uh, he is really good. I'll give him that. I will give him that. Okay. So, I mean, Atlanta, we already beat him. We beat him! Beat him! <laughs> we beat them, too! <laughs> can I just can I, can I fire off an unpopular take? You hated that speech. That speech is so overrated. Like, <laughs> I, think the, I think the only thing about that speech that I enjoyed was, I can't believe what those boys did! <laughs> it's unbelievable! Like, that's pretty much it. I think people are just excited because he said ass. <coughs> like, oh my god, he said ass! Yeah. yeah! I mean, that's the same thing as, like, when the Ninja Turtles movie came out and Raph, Raph said damn. Did he? He said damn twice. Uh, damn! Oh, man. And I was just like, yes! yes. It just a damn? <laughs> just trail um, off? So, I mean, I guess I just... My, my expectation for Sunday is that... Andy's not going to be willing to throttle down at all. Um, and and I think that in a lot of ways, playoff Andy and playoff Alex, they're locked in, man. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I feel really confident about what the offense is going to be able to do. And to, to me, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, there's plenty of reason to be nervous. I mean, just look at the first game. And it can feel like... An aberration because of just how quickly it 
it was over essentially. But that I mean Pittsburgh just did that again last week to Miami. We might think that we're way better than Miami, but like they're fully capable of doing that to anyone. Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, one of one of my uh, things I tweeted this week. One of my kind of takes. Uh, <laughs> we got a cat sawing logs over here. He's actually with his, with with his, his eyes open. Eyes open. He's just that. No, that's just heavy breathing from yeah. a heavy cat. Uh, where, where was I? What was I saying? Something about something. Uh, well, we were. I I was talking about uh, like just Pittsburgh. You know, generally speaking, being scary on offense, like you, you think that they can they can score any time. And I think that a lot of Chiefs fans. I mean, Shit, as soon I as they saw, as soon as they saw that it was Pittsburgh, I think people got pretty scared. Yeah, um, a few things because I totally lost my train of thought there. Damn, that was probably a good point too. It was. Uh, I do buy playoff Andy because I think he he keeps his foot on the pet on the pedal. I do buy playoff Alex because I think while Alex lacks talent. I think he makes up for it in coming up big in big situations. I do believe in that, whether it's whether it's games or whether it's drives. Um, I do buy into that. He's got a 100 quarterback rating, and it's only five career like playoff games. But fifth or sixth highest. Yeah, it's very good. Um, another game that I look at when I think of this game, I think you asked me how they win. I think it'll be a back and forth game. Yeah. Like I think it'll be lead changes. Uh, I think it'll be end up in the 20s, unless the weather is, like, over, overly bad. But I think they will trade, be trading scores, and it'll be who comes through in the red zone more often, who doesn't turn huh. the ball over. Man, um, if it's back and forth like that, Sunday's going to be a, Sunday's gonna be interesting. Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting. Uh, I look <laughs> at the 2011 playoff game between one Alex Smith and the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. That type of game, where it's a high-powered offense – Going on the road, playing a more balanced team that's kind of, you know, more defensive, but mm-hmm. but more balanced than the opposing team. And they kind of played the Saints game, and the Niners just came out on top because they just traded scores like the entire fourth quarter, and the, basically the 49ers just had the ball last. Like, that was it. Uh, I kind of look at that game as, as another game comparison for what we might see on Sunday. All right, so um, I've got a question that I want to ask you, um, and then I have like a, a final point. Um, do you want me to? I've got a few things. Okay. Um, Chiefs receivers. Uh, I think the way to beat the Steelers is the outside. I think their corners are the weak point of their defense. The 2014 game against the Steelers, the Chiefs wide receivers went 20 receptions, 228 yards. Uh, 2016, the Chiefs receivers, obviously game flow mattered on this because we got down so much, but 21 catches, 224 yards. So 228 and 224 yards just from Chiefs receivers. Uh, I didn't do any research on this because it would be really tough to look up just receiver stats, but that's got to be among the highest uh, of Andy Reid's tenure here. Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. So keep an eye on that. I think he kind of thinks that's the way uh, to beat them, maybe. Uh, another thing I've noticed, in both of those games... Um, I can tell you what, if Andy thinks the way to beat the Steelers is throwing to wide receivers, I mean, I will include Tyreek Hill in that group. I have a hard time seeing the Chiefs win if Travis Kelsey does not have some kind of an impact on the game. I think he'll be... I think he'll have I think he'll line up wide. I don't. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like I think 
he's a wide receiver. That's yeah. the way that I'm looking at it. And I think, I think Andy's got the point. Like, I think he kind of learned after the Tennessee game, like, use your guys. I also think Macklin's going to have a big game. No one's really talking about him. He's under the radar. Uh, all this attention on Kelsey and Tyreek, mm-hmm. deservedly so. But I think Macklin's going to have a big game. I think Albert Wilson's going to have 10 targets. He was huge in that. Man, that 2014 game, that was when he was like our best receiver to end that season. Yeah, He looked way faster than he did now. I hope he, I hope he doesn't have 10 targets. I was, I was kidding. I hope you're kidding. Uh, Steelers, very early in the game. First offensive play this year, 47-yard pass directly at Marcus Peters. Remember everyone was talking about Marcus Peters that week, and they came out and like, we're going to throw it right at him. Uh, 2014, the third play, 44-yard pass to Martavis Bryant. Steelers like to go deep early. Look out for that. It's Todd. Yeah. Look out for that. Okay. Uh, another thing, real quick, Steelers play a lot of zone on defense. Um, as Therese kind of said earlier this year, and the stats back this up. There was a Clay Windler, everyone's favorite guy right now, uh, put out a uh, stat on Alex's running stats. I don't have that, but he hasn't run for many yards against the Steelers in either of those games. Uh, and they play a lot of zone, and that's kind of what Therese said stopped uh, Alex from running more, was teams playing zone. So you kind of eyes on the quarterback instead of eyes on their man. Okay. So. Uh, well, that means that my game plan for Alex running the ball is uh, is going to have to be in full effect then. Yeah. It's not happening organically, so you just make it happen. You oh, say, like, like we're, called. We are going to do some called, called runs, runs some gotcha. designed Alex runs, where it's about the misdirection and stuff, and he's supposed to keep the ball rather than, hey, the play's breaking down, Alex, go make a play with your legs. Um, Listen, I think that one of the really important things for the Chiefs to keep in mind um, I, I think that there are a lot of people that wonder if this defense can actually like rely on turnovers. Can a team win by relying on turning over their opponent? When it comes to the playoffs, right? I mean... Because you're playing... I guess, sure. The argument yeah. for that is you can do that against like an average NFL offense or a bad NFL offense, but once you get to the playoffs, most every offense you'll see is good, like yeah. the Steelers and like the Patriots, right. and they won't be as susceptible to turnovers. I mean, I guess Roethlisberger is, but Brady, definitely not. Well, go, go and, and so the numbers with that, um, I had mentioned earlier, you know, that like Roethlisberger's interception numbers, um, he likes to take chances, and he's going to give the ball away. Oh, yeah. Um, as a team, Pittsburgh lost three fumbles this whole season. They don't put the ball on the ground a lot, but Roethlisberger's going to give you opportunities in the air. And I think that, number one, we have we mentioned like those playmakers on defense that are able to turn those into points. Um, I think if the Chiefs end up with a defensive touchdown, that that's a crushing thing for Pittsburgh because their ability to turn the ball over and not allow that to to lead to points is probably I think one of their their best assets. Um, but. It sure seems to me like this is relying on these turnovers and having the defense be able to set your offense up for success and getting points off of those turnovers 
or at the very least taking points off of the board for the other team because of all the turnovers that we forced in the red zone. I don't think that this is just like an emphasis. You know, coaches have certain things that like, oh, you, yeah, turnovers. You win the turnover battle. I think that this is an actual philosophy in Kansas City. Um, like, that's the way that they play. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to see them be aggressive. I want to see Marcus Peters be that guy that is willing to give up a big play in order to turn the football over because that's the way that we play. Yep. I want the team to go out and play like that. You know, you asked like if if I wanted to see them get cute whether it's having Peters chase or whatever, like listen, if that's what Sutton wants to do, I'm going to trust him, but I want the team to be aggressive. I don't want them to ever think about taking off the gas or hiding something for next week or whatever. I want every single thing that we've got thrown at them because what we've seen in the playoffs, I mean, especially the, with that Colts game, man, like, you, just, you, can't, you can't stop. You cannot stop. And the scary thing, you mentioned Brady. Dude, Brady threw two interceptions this entire season. The Patriots only had 11 giveaways. They turned the ball over 11 times. They only threw two picks the whole season because yeah. either Garoppolo or Jacoby Brissett. Bris- Brisket turned yeah. it over. Right. Two picks the entire season. So, I mean, this is this this is your opportunity to be able to do that because I don't know if you can rely on turnovers against New England. Yeah. Um, but I just uh, – I, I've got – I have a good feeling. I do. I think there's a really good chance, like, Chiefs win, force three turnovers. Yeah. Like win 27-20 or something. And it's because, you know, Le'Veon runs for 120 yards, but they turn over three times. Yeah. Like, Rossborough's going to throw you some. Thing is, you got to catch him. Yeah. Like, Brady kind of threw us some in that playoff game last year. Remember that one that went right to Tomba at the end? Yeah. Uh, you got to catch it. It's going to be rainy. Uh, not everybody has the best hands on defense, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I think the safeties well, are come all down in good shape. The corners, not, not so much. But, I mean... I like this defense, man. I really do. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that there are things that people want to hear. Who's going to play inside? Or is Justin March Lillard going to play? I don't know. And I'm not trying to be a jerk, but like, I, I don't know. No care. idea. It doesn't if, matter. If Lillard plays or Terrence Smith plays or Frank Zombo plays inside linebacker, don't do that. that particular position is at this point, because we don't have an impact player, I'm willing to concede that's the least important position on the field. Yeah. I don't. I don't want it to be. I want two good inside linebackers. But well, and Steelers, but, Steelers will be in three wide a majority of the game. I would think so exactly. It's going to push that guy off the field anyways. Exactly. So I mean, it's always going to be getting a different safety or a corner or something like that on the field. A few things. Uh, one thing that kind of scares me is like a D'Angelo and Le'Veon set. Yeah. Okay. And then maybe like a motion Le'Veon out out wide. And I think that just kind of fucks with our numbers, like kind of talking about those safeties again. Because mm-hmm. then you could still run. Like you're taking, like, say, Barry out of the box, and then you can still run with D'Angelo Williams back there. Like that's that, why you let... That kind of why, me. That's why yeah. you let Dirty Dan if they, go. If that can happen, man, I'll, I'll give you all the props in the world. If that happens and he shuts him down, like, I will... <laughs> I'm not saying shuts him down. I'm just saying, like... Yeah, I, I got you. you. Know. I got you. I mean, if he pulls it off. Yeah. Um, beyond that, if the Steelers play their A-plus game, can the Chiefs win? I think the Steelers' A-plus game is scoring a lot of points 
And I think that them scoring a lot of points makes them susceptible to giving up a lot of points. And I, so I do think, yes, the Chiefs can. Um, because I, I think that the teams are very evenly matched. Me too. And that, you know, people think of Pittsburgh differently than they think of the Chiefs because you have Mike Tomlin and you have Ben Roethlisberger and so you have Super Bowl rings and you have Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell and fantasy football. Um, I, I completely get it. But I do think that the Chiefs, honestly, from top to bottom, I think the Chiefs are a better team. And I think they have a better coach. Yeah, give me Andy Reid over Mike Tomlin any day. I'll say that. I think that they um, they definitely have more balance, as you mentioned. And I just... I think their peak is higher than the Chiefs' peak, honestly. Okay. I mean, it's 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 kind of a small arguing point. Well, someone made a good point, because uh, I was like, can this can the... Can the Chiefs beat the Steelers if they play their A plus game? What's the peak like, of the Steelers' offense actually look like? Like, is is there <laughs> a peak it. for it? I like, think we saw it earlier this year. Yeah. Um, somebody made a point like, if the Chiefs play their A plus game, it's forcing turnovers. Like, so the so both teams can't play their A plus game. Like, that's, yeah, that's a fair point. Right. Um, but I just think I think the Steelers have a higher peak. I think they're more inconsistent than the Chiefs, uh, and I think they have a higher ceiling, and I think they have a lower floor. Yeah. Um, and I think the floor comes out a lot more on the road. Um, and so people might hear that and kind of scoff at it. But I do think the Steelers have just more firepower. They just have, if all three of their main three are clicking, like that's better. It's because they all are on the same side. It's better than the Chiefs can do. Um, another question, do you want to entertain successful season? Uh, is it already successful? Do they need to win this game? Do they need to go to the Super Bowl? To me, um, I'll say they have to win this game. I think the I think you want to advance further. I think if your window's closing, it's like kind of Super Bowl or bust. And I'm sure some of you think that every year, like it's professional sports, you you know the goal is to win the championship. Yeah. But I look at it almost like an NBA uh, philosophy, like advance further than you did last like last year. Yeah. Last year we we made it to this round. This year it'd be good if we made it a round further. So next year, and would then be I Super think our Bowl future is just yeah. yeah. I mean, Super Bowl would be the uh, expectation, and I think the future is very bright, and I think that's very realistic to believe in. But I think it's important to take that other step this year. So I, I think, would. I think the success kind of comes down to this game. I I would really like uh, to see them in the AFC Championship. I would say like if if they did lose, I'd probably call it like a push. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Because technically, you did get to the same game, and also, you know, like you're in. The, you have to wait a week round. to like properly evaluate this. Like, no one's going to think it's a success right after we lose, right? Because it's just right. going to be you're just going to be mad about the loss. So wait a week and then ask yourself, was it a successful season? And I think you, I think you might say yes. Last thing for me, um, Nick talked about this a little bit on the last show that we did. Um, Dude, the last time that we saw the Chiefs in the playoffs, Alex threw the ball 50 times. And he also ran it nine more, so let's just call it 60 dropbacks because he was sacked, too. I mean, we we were throwing the football exclusively. I mean, it's Patriots, right? Yeah. Who was our running back? Was it Sharkandrick? Sharkandrick was. Okay. And Niall Davis because Yay. Spencer Ware was out. The wasted play, Niall Davis. So, um, I just, I just want to remind people... You know, the last time we saw the Chiefs in the playoffs, Alex Smith threw the ball 50 times, and we tried to pass it more than that. Jason Avant and Albert Wilson 
were the best offensive players. Jason Avant was was the most awesome. impactful. He was awesome. He was like, like it's kind of a punchline to say Jason Avant was your was your best player, but remember that that catch he had. I mean, it was like a third and seventeen or something. It was just he was he was great, incredible. He was great. I might watch that game tonight. I but I I just like I want people to remember that yeah that game felt like a letdown, but you were also just like man we had to play at New England and because of how injured we were and whatever. Anytime you lose in the playoffs, it's going to be a letdown, right? This team is healthy. Oh yeah, they are playing at home. They have, I think, a better idea and a better football team of how to go out and win. And um, I, I expect them to win. I expect them to win. Uh, I think we've kind of talked all season whether this team was good versus whether they were great. Uh, I think I think we get our answer to that question this Sunday. Like, this will be uh, the, the, the defining answer to that question. If they're great, they win this game. If they're good, they lose this game to a, to a great Steelers team. And that's kind of how I look, to it, look at it. Whole season comes down to this one. Uh, I'm starting to get nervous, especially yeah. as we talk this out. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I, I think we win, too. Okay. Uh, I believe in the just the... Mantra of this team, just the perseverance, everything they've overcome all season, like they've really turned me into a believer. Uh, I've kind of been the guy who's uh, been down on the Chiefs in preseason predictions, I guess. I kind of just, I don't know, wide scope of the team, like I'm, I'm always kind of on the downside. But this year they've really proved something to me with their ability to pull out games at the end, their ability to win on the road, their ability to beat great quarterbacks. Like I think, uh, I think they have. I think they're ready. I think they're ready to do it. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they've earned it against teams like Denver, and honestly, even against a team like New England, against a team like Indianapolis. Um, you know, they've they've had a lot, and it's they've, they've they've turned the roster over in some ways, but the core of the team has experienced a lot of things together, and um, I just I, I I got a great feeling. So um, I hope that we have talked this all the way out for everybody. It's another long show. Um, I mean, this is this is going to take like three percent of the time that you have left before kickoff to listen to. So <laughs> so uh, make sure and use your time wisely. Do we go long? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's whatever. It's the playoffs, man. Yeah. It's the Chiefs in the playoffs. We're going to yeah. host a home playoff game. Uh, so we're going to be out there. Um, Get out there. Get loud. Rest your voice for the next couple of days, a little bit. But uh, get ready. Roethlisberger said that by going no huddle and, um, I don't know, snapping the ball early on first down or something, I don't know. Roethlisberger thinks that he knows how to, how, to control the, how to control the game. Um, I, I do think that, uh, man, Todd's in town. You can sense it? Todd's in town. Did he just get here? Yeah, <laughs> I like. I I still like Todd Haley a lot. I don't care what anybody says. Um, I don't know. What are the odds Todd gets cute? I guess I, you're probably I, not the right person to answer. People want to ask that question. I mean, listen. I don't think that Todd Haley has any problem with Clark Hunt or really any problem with the Chiefs. It uh-huh. was strictly Scott Pioli. I yeah. bet Todd Haley still has friends in this organization that he would like. I if the Chiefs offered him the head coaching job after Andy Reid, I don't think that he would be opposed to coming back to Kansas City. It'd be really <laughs> weird. But Gunther like, did it. But like, you know, it's Scott Pioli. It's a Pioli thing. So yeah. uh, that's just that's just my thought. I on wouldn't it. welcome back. 
he may want to stick it to the Chiefs. I think there's there's a chance <laughs> that he tries to get cute and doesn't go to Le'Veon enough. And that's kind of a big story after the game is that All right. he threw it too much. I love Todd Haley, but I am all for Todd Haley being the reason that we beat oh, Pittsburgh. I oh, don't man. care. I hope that's the Tuesday show. I just come <laughs> on here and, and we bash Todd Haley for a good 20 minutes. All right. Well, folks, this has been Amateur Hour. I'm Ryan Scott Hall. He says Dirkness thinks for uh, showing up every week. We... Uh, man, if we lose on Sunday, uh, you may not talk to us for a while. Uh, just just <laughs> yeah, forewarning. Yeah. That's kind of that's kind of how we it happens. We have a bad sometimes. track record with recording shows after playoff losses. Right. We have a bad track record. Absolutely. Hey, um, if you're going out to the game, be loud. Um, <coughs> on that note, keep your eyes peeled. Arrowhead Pride tomorrow. You might see a surprise pop up. Um, but yeah, be loud. Be loud tomorrow. And uh, thanks, thanks for sticking with us this year, man. You know. Football's been great. Thank you. I love the show. I love doing it. Uh, it's a great outlet for me. And, uh, you know, sometimes life strikes, and uh, you need to just get away from it. And this is uh, it's great Great to be able to do that. Yeah. Great to be able to do Amen. that. Amen. So uh, this has been Amateur Hour, and these are these are the Rolling Stones. It's too cold for the Steelers. <laughs> I think... Um, Unfortunately, we may get out to the parking lot and we're going to be like, it's too cold for the tailgaters! <laughs> Back to the car! Where is everybody? Back to the car! <laughs> oh, yes. man. We may um, be eating biscuits and gravy inside an automobile. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> um, I have a card table that comes out of my new car. I don't think it like stays attached Built into to the it. New car? Built into the car? Yeah, so like the way that these CRVs work, there's like the mat in the back behind the back seat, and you like pick it up and there's there's like a card table on there. Huh. So I'm pretty sure it's just you have to pull it out and the legs and it's not like still attached to the car or anything, but we're good. Cool. We got a table and a tent and some bearded men and Alex. Oh man. 2014 game. Alex completely shaved on his face. It was okay. So not not a beautiful sight. He's learned. Not a beautiful sight. So he's and learned. man, if you see him this year or right now, if you see him this week, uh-uh. very right. bearded. All right, very bearded. Good for him. I think me, you, and him are all about even right now. Yeah. Yeah. In, in length. I have I trimmed my beard this only, week only slightly one time this year, and it was for a wedding. And that wedding was around Halloween. Man, I thought you were going to say this week. I was about to... Uh, no, and that was... I was about to just delete this file. Right. Yeah, nope. Show's over. Show's <laughs> over, folks. <laughs> Don't touch your beards this week. <laughs> Cannot. Do not. All right. Proceed. Hey, I really enjoyed that. Congratulations, honey. You were great. <laughs>